What's up, guys? Welcome back to ADHD Remission. Um, <laughs> if you're new here, this is going to be the show where I talk about my experience putting my ADHD in remission and how I show you how you can do the exact same thing. Um, I mean, I can't promise that you're going to put it full in your remission. I can promise that you will at least see a massive improvement from the things I'm going to tell you. Um, <laughs> funny story. Yesterday, um, I uploaded the podcast, but I, and I had a feeling, I had a feeling that, I had a feeling, I had like an inner feeling that it wasn't, it, I, I didn't set it up right. So today I meant, I checked my email and I didn't get the email that says opposed and I'm like, oh man. So I went and I checked and, um, yeah, it just got deleted for some reason. They didn't delete it, but I, I didn't upload it correctly. So, um, Sorry for missing a day. That's my that's my excuse for missing a day. Oh man, I really hope that doesn't mess up my algorithm. If you guys get benefits from this, please share it to other people you know who might get benefit from this. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna get tanked on the algorithm. Man, that sucks. Whatever. Okay, we're gonna move past it. So today's today's episode um, is about the f bomb, as you can probably tell by the title. The f bomb being fluoride. Um, this is a very sensitive topic. Um, notably, or not notably, usually because it's associated with conspiracy theories that, you know, they're trying to, um, you know, make us, like, bots or whatever, they're trying to make us complacent. Um, here I'm not going to present any conspiracy theories, everything I'm going to say is just facts, I'm not going to give any theories, but, um, the problem with fluoride, well, <laughs> let's, just, let's just get into what fluoride does. Let's start with what fluoride is. So, fluoride is a form of fluorine. Which is a halogenic element. Um, fluorine, um, other forms of fluorine are much more unstable. Fluoride is a much more stable form of fluorine. So, um, fluorine is naturally found. It's found in soil. It's found in water. So we do get it naturally. That's why I don't necessarily agree with these people saying like, you know, oh, like any amount is like it's. We did have like normal amounts, and you know they they pull this garbage where they talk about how. And think, notice this, the only two elements, the only two nutrient deficiencies the government cares about is freaking iodine and, um, or iodide and fluoride. And those are both halogens. It's weird. Again, we're not going to be doing any conspiracy theories here, but, you know, government not protecting us from pesticides, not protecting us from atrazine, not protecting us from any of this, but they're protecting us from freaking fluoride deficiency, okay? Kind of ridiculous reasoning in the first place. We know these people don't really care about us. We know they're doing literally nothing about endocrine receptors. Um, they have they do these fake things like they'll talk, you know, when there's a lot of pressure on them, they'll say, okay, BPA is bad, or you know, okay, PCBs are bad, and then they bring out some new stuff, um, and then they have to wait 20 years of exposure to humans before they can finally admit bad and bad, and then they'll just replace it with some new stuff. In reality, BPA, it's it's so bad, right? In reality, it's not actually much different from any other estrogen. It's not much different from other plastics. Um, it just it leaches easier. So there's, I mean, they haven't admitted fragrances are bad yet, um, but they do admit that BPA, and although they're actually backpedaling on that right now, um, they're talking about, you know, it's, it's safe in the concentrations of food. Whatever, okay, it's garbage. Yeah, it's, things are safe if you, is you're only exposed to one thing, but you're exposed to 100. So when you're exposed to 100, it ends up not being safe, right? They don't think about this because... I'm sure they think about it, but I'm sure they don't want to ban it because it would cost them a lot of money. And cost the people who uh, work for them a lot of money. So, I'm sure a lot of you know the EPA and the FDA are incredibly corrupt. Um, but we're talking about fluoride today. So, just if right off the bat, 
the reasoning behind it is pretty shaky. Um, obviously, our ancestors did not have fluoridated water. And there's so many other things we're missing in our water. Magnesium. We're not, we used to get our magnesium from the water. We don't have that now. Um, selenium. Boron. Boron's a huge one. This is a big reason for the decline in testosterone is that we just don't have boron in our water anymore. Um, there's, there's tons of things, okay? So, obviously, they're, like, the FDA is not like super like, oh, we have to protect everyone from this fluoride. Yeah. Um, you know, hunter-gatherers don't drink fluoridated water. They don't use fluoridated toothpaste. None of that, right? Um, so, what is, what is, what, what's the purpose of fluoride? The purpose of fluoride is to protect your teeth and to mainly remineralize your teeth. Um, I actually don't think that our water is that deficient in fluoride. Uh, there are tons of places in Europe where they don't do water fluoridation at all. And even in the U.S., um, the evidence and the epidemiology, the op which, is epi which is observational research, is kind of poor regarding you know different levels of fluoride in the water compared to uh, teeth loss. I think that the main problem with um, teeth and dental health nowadays is not a freaking fluoride deficiency. I personally believe that it's a vitamin K2 deficiency. Vitamin K2 is incredibly important for bone health and it's incredibly important for dental health. Um, where do you find vitamin K2? Butter, milk, and I think, yeah, tallow and beef fat, which has, you know, been just cast off by society, completely crucified, raises cholesterol, must be bad. Oh, it raises testosterone, DHT, it raises dopamine, it lowers serotonin, it improves metabolism, it increases thyroid. Oh, and then you, you know, get that, that stuff doesn't matter. Raise cholesterol, man, it raises cholesterol. That's what, that's, it's kind of strange, isn't it? And oh my God, the epidemiology shows that it raises heart attacks after we told all the healthy people to eat unsaturated fats and all the people who are unhealthy are going <laughs> to eat saturated fats. Whatever. Okay, we've already talked about that a lot of times. We're talking about fluoride in this episode. So the purpose of fluoride is to protect our teeth. But from what? The reason our teeth are weak in the first place is because we're deficient in vitamin K2. Um, we don't need a bunch of fluoride. We definitely do not need fluoride toothpaste. Um, you know, my teeth are fine. My breath smells fine. It smelled kind of bad originally, but that's just because of problems with your mouth microbiome. Eventually, it evens out, and then it starts smelling good again. Um, but, okay. We're six minutes. Okay, we're going to start talking about the problems of fluoride. So, the first thing is, what is the actual reasoning behind fluoride? And this is not really a conspiracy theory. This is a fact. Again, um, the reason, the way that they get fluoride in water, in, in the toothpaste, they'll use like sodium fluoride. And I'm not sure if that's actually from fluoride or if they convert it back from hydrofluorosilicic acid. The stuff that they put in the water is hydrofluorosilicic acid. Hydrofluorosilicic acid is a petrochemical um, <laughs> because it's made, it's an industrial byproduct of um, atrazine, or not atrazine, might be atrazine. A bunch of synthetic fertilizers and different pesticides um, have a byproduct, industrial byproduct of hydrofluorosilicic acid. And they couldn't, and the companies don't know what to do with it. They can't just dump it because it's completely toxic. And I'm not saying, you know, oh, oh, it's completely, like, it's obviously dose pen, but they can't dump it uh, anywhere. And then all this new stuff comes, and then all this amazing research starts coming out that all the amazing benefits of fluoride, even though research is contested by a lot of this, but um, a lot of benefits of water fluoridation, again, eh, but um, what they ended up doing, these companies got a very lucky break because they have all this stuff they don't know what to do with, and then suddenly they have an excuse to literally put it in our water. So the fluoride that is in our water is a petrochemical. It is contaminated with PAH. It is contaminated with dioxins. 
Among other things, it's also likely estrogenic just by itself. Um, hydrofluorosilicic acid is not found in nature. Um, it's kind of weird. So let's talk about the problems with these. First of all, we don't have a lot of research on hydrofluorosilicic acid specifically. So me saying it's estrogenic is, well, it's definitely estrogenic just because it contains contaminants, but it might be estrogenic in and of itself. It might not. It doesn't really matter. Um, the effects, the negative effects of fluoride itself are bad enough. So what are the effects of fluoride? And we're not going to talk about cancer here. We're not going to talk about dental fluorosis or skeletal fluorosis, which are uh, major problems with this element. What we're going to be talking about here is ADHD, because that's where you're here to learn. You're here to learn about ADHD. So what is the problem with fluoride? It's a halogen, guys. Halogens, especially fluoride, well, fluoride is actually worse than any other halogen because... Well, it's very well documented to increase serotonin and be anti-dopaminergic. There are, and you guys know I'm not a huge fan of um, epidemiology or observational research, but there are, I think it's like 70 studies um, linking uh, like fluoride amounts to reduce IQ in children. That's crazy. Um, there's not really going to be a lot of confounding factors there. And seven, like it, it, it's, guys, um, and then there's, there's epidemiology connecting it to ADHD and there's epidemiology connecting it to autism, which I think is perfectly reasonable. You know, we're kind of conditioned to think autism is just completely genetic or we have no idea how it happens. Um, <laughs> it's very likely caused by high serotonin in childhood. This is one of my theories on why ADHD and autism are so, so, so comor comorbid. Um, but so... First problem with fluoride is it just raises serotonin. It's also directly anti-dopaminergic. Um, actually, I'm not, I'm not sure if it's directly anti-dopaminergic, but it has an anti-dopaminergic effect overall. I'm pretty sure that is separate from the serotonergic effect. But even if it doesn't, it is a potent increaser of serotonin, which is not a positive for ADHD. Um, second thing, guys, I, I don't know if you can hear me right now. I'm, I'm breathing. Like I, I'm just walking around my house and I'm breathing. And I was, I realized with my friend today, like I was, I was running up the stairs and my heart started beating. And like, that's not good. So, um, I'm bulking right now. I'm like 191. I'm like, I think I'm like 5'11 or 6 feet. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think I'm 6 feet. Uh, but I'm like 191 and my heart's kind of, <laughs> my heart's kind of getting messed up. So, um, I'm just going to be trying to walk around in these podcasts because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing that stuff again. I did last time I did the dirty bulk. My heart got so messed up. All right, so let's get back to top. So um, problems with fluoride. Also, it is directly anti-androgenic. Fluoride directly lowers testosterone. And if something lowers testosterone, that's pretty bad. A lot of things just block DHT, which is super bad. But if it blocks testosterone, that means it's, it definitely also blocks DHT. All right, guys, this is freaking unacceptable. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, so... Um, it's anti-androgenic, it's serotonergic, and it's anti-dopaminergic. There's tons, tons, tons of research connecting it to um, lower IQs in children, ADHD, and autism. And not to mention, it calcifies the pineal gland. So it, it, we don't know really how the pineal gland works. We actually know basically nothing about it. I think the only two definitive things we really know about it are that, or three, are that um, it produces melatonin, which is very important for sleep. This is why people stop using fluoride toothpaste. They, uh, they record that they get much better sleep. Um, and second of all, that it produces endogenous DMT. 
which we know literally nothing about how it works. So to mess with it is very strange. And before you guys start talking about how that's woo, um, email me, ADHDmission at gmail.com, and I'll send you a study that shows that intracellular levels of DMT are actually kind of almost as high as serotonin. So this obviously plays a very important role in uh, brain health. And to mess with it, which fluoride almost certainly does by decreasing pineal gland function, is very strange. The third thing we know about the pineal gland is that fluoride calcifies it. That's not good. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna mess with some things. Um, extremely, levels of, extremely high levels of fluoride we know are bad. But just even the levels that are currently in our water are pretty bad. I am actually of the opinion this differs among some other people, some other fellow uh, woo-woo, tin hat conspiracy theorists. Um, but and I think that's where the like fluoride hesitancy, like hesitancy to think about maybe it's bad, um, just comes from like you know people are making conspiracy theories about it. Which I mean it's perfectly perfectly plausible. I I mean it, it lowers dopamine, it lowers androgens. Um, it increases serotonin, and it's actually one of the few things which is capable of decreasing intracellular DMT, and that is definitely <laughs> um, not a net positive for consciousness. Um, but yeah, so fluoride is very problematic, um, and the, the pineal gland stuff really worries me. So we're going to talk about some ways you can decrease your exposure to fluoride. First one is um, stop drinking fluoridated water. You cannot do this through activated carbon because unfortunately the fluoride is, um, it's a mineral. So if you wanna remove the fluoride, if you wanna remove minerals, you basically just have to remove everything. So you have to remove the, um, the magnesium and all the other good stuff um, with reverse osmosis. So that's not, it's, it, it is worth it if you can do it. I would recommend that you try and remineralize your water or maybe take a supplement. Um, oh God, guys, this is embarrassing. <laughs> this is freaking embarrassing. Can't walk around my house. Um, but yeah, um, I actually am of the opinion that fluoridated toothpaste or fluoridated mouthwash is much more dangerous than fluoridated water. This is why I think, I mean, you see people report they stop using fluoridated toothpaste and they actually see benefits without even removing fluoridated water. This is because, um, well, I used to say 90% of fluoride benefits are topical and 10% um, of its benefits are oral. Meanwhile, 90% um, of its side effects are oral and 10% of its uh, side effects are uh, topical. And this is when I didn't really understand how fluoride worked um, and I didn't really look at the labels on the toothpaste, but the concentrations of toothpaste are up to 20 million times higher than the concentrations of water. So the problem with this um, when you brush your teeth or you use fluoridated mouthwash, um, you create kind of like a solution in your mouth. And what this does is, <laughs> oh God, um, it actually absorbs sublingually. So some of the, some of the solution is actually going to absorb sublingually. So the fluoride is literally going to absorb sublingually. And I'm sure we'll get the, the question, you know, oh, how, why doesn't it happen with alcohol? Um, I think it has to do with the solubility. I'm pretty sure alcohol is not, well, yeah, alcohol is definitely not water soluble. Um, but I, I would be really, really, really stupid if that was wrong. Is alcohol water soluble? I'm just gonna delete this freaking podcast, guys. <laughs> oh man, that was dirty. That was a dirty, dirty lie. Come on, let me let me find some. Oh man.
Okay. <laughs> that was embarrassing. I'm going to try to lie to you guys a little less. I'm joking. Most things I say, um, I'm certain of. Like fluoride does decrease IQ, uh, or it's been shown to. And that it is antidopaminergic and serotonergic and antiandrogenic. I am certain of that. And I am certain that it calcifies the pineal gland. I am certain that that will lead to impaired DMT production. Um, <laughs> that was bad. Okay, I'm not, I'm not, okay, I'm not currently sure how the alcohol absorbs sublingually. I'm, I don't think it does because that would be a huge problem. People would notice that. <laughs> but fluoride does absorb sublingually. Um, I'm not sure of the exact chemistry on it, but um, it must, or else you would not see benefits from removing fluoride toothpaste. And I'm, I've seen some pro-fluoride arguments pro-fluoride people which just kind of admit that it does absorb sublingually that's my beef with fluoride toothpaste I know some doctors or some dentists are probably going to come at me especially after that uh, that alcohol blunder guys oh, this destroyed my credibility um, but again I think the main thing when it comes to tooth health is just keeping it alkaline or not, not necessarily alkaline you don't have alkaline no you do not have alkaline guys um, but just not super acidic mouth environment. Um, that's going to come with way too much sugar or artificial sweeteners or things that are going to destroy your mouth microbiome. This is another reason I'm not afraid or I'm not a fan of toothpaste because it contains a lot of gums or artificial sweeteners or sugar alcohols, which not only are endocrine something, but they also destroy your mouth microbiome, which is why your breath smells terrible after you stop using toothpaste for a couple days and they've convinced you that that's natural, but it's not. Um, that's all I really have to say, guys. I would personally, I would avoid fluoride like a plague. I'm not a fan of it. There's some specific, suspicious stuff going on in government. Um, obviously, the FDA is not super worried about nutrient efficiencies. <laughs> um, oh, God. Yeah, obviously not. Um, so for them to be so worried about fluoride is very suspicious, especially considering the fact that it's hydrofluorosilicic acid, especially considering the fact it just works out so perfectly for these companies. Um, and especially considering the fact that it was debated if it was effective in the first place, and it's almost certain now that it has terrible neurological effects, especially in developing children. Um, but we do know for certain that it is antidopaminergic and antiandrogenic. Those are two major things that we want to avoid <laughs> with dopamine, antidopaminergic and antiandrogenic things. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really like that. I'm not really like working that hard, but it's just like I'm working too hard to be like talking. Yeah, <laughs> I need to start doing cardio. Okay, so that's literally one of my things on here is I talk about, talk about exercise. I'm sorry, guys. This is not as good of an episode just because I've been walking around um, less concise. And I only really have one point here, which is just I would avoid fluoride personally. We know that it's a net negative for ADHD, and we, it's very likely that it um, causes ADHD. But yeah, or it causes increased prevalence of ADHD. I hope you got some value from this video. This episode. I'm sorry that I uh, didn't upload yesterday. Uh, I, sh I should have checked that. Um, but yeah, I hope you have a good day. Hope you got value. And I'll see you in the next episode. Oh, I really need to do cardio. <laughs>